Uh, also, guess I hope you guys are enjoying this uh, rainy a- ASMR in the background. Um, I've been I've been trying to like turn mine down when I can, but uh, if you haven't seen on uh, Twitter hashtag LA Rain, it's real. Uh, it's happening. We've been having it for like three days. It's been nice though. I love it. Yeah, especially uh, when discussing the movies that we're talking about today, which I feel like both of them are good, like rainy day movies. It so you planned that was super perfect. well. <laughs> it honestly was perfect. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into yours first. Um, because uh, so a year ago for Christmas, I uh, bought you the Blu-ray of Cure from 1997. Uh, and then a year later, I was like, oh, it's still sitting on your watch list. No, you're watching it now. So so how did you feel uh, about your first time watching Cure? Yeah, a very gracious. Uh, oh, wow, a very gracious gift from you. The Criterion uh, Collection uh, copy of this, a film that I hadn't seen before, but I had heard so much about. It was just one of those things to where it's, it's nothing personal. I just it was just the object permanence, like out of sight, out of mind thing. It was just you know sh- uh, sitting on the shelf, just waiting to be watched. And so I'm really glad that I finally got to watch it for this. And Wow, just like there, there's so much to talk about here. There's so much to 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 really dive on in here. This is such a. Uh, I feel like it's gonna take everything for me to not just make this a whole episode about this movie because I kind of actually want to do this for a for an actual episode at some point. So you're gonna have to hold me back a little bit here. But I loved this thing. What a unique feel for a movie. I think mm-hmm. the the fact that it was described as like it's a police procedural, you know, like a seven kind of thing. Memories of a murder or something like that. I was I, or even Zodiac. You know, I, I felt like there was an expectation going into this movie, but it really just blew all of that away for me. What a moody movie about uh, morality and evil and guilt and you know just so many so many things here uh i loved this cat and mouse game between the villain and our you know quote-unquote hero um i feel like this movie i now see sort of the ripple effects of it to where even like a movie like the dark knight or something like that i can see this movie's influence in uh i love the dynamic between the two of them uh just such a uh you know just chilling just nuzzling right under your skin, you know, for two hours straight practically uh, and just kind of sitting there. Just it sounds kind of silly to say it, but truly a hypnotic movie. If you've seen it, you know, you know that no pun intended, but there's just really no other way around it. It's it's I'm sorry if I'm rambling. It's just a lot, man. It was advised to watch this like a couple of days before we reviewed it. But uh, I watched it mere hours ago and just wow. Wow. What a picture. (laughs) It's it's so good. It's a it's a raw ass fucking movie. Um, me and Mary Beth covered it in season one prior to Garrett coming. Uh, we uh, did that with uh, Suicide Club, which I think mm-hmm. is another one you haven't seen, right? Oh, I have seen that. Oh, yes, okay. uh, and that's that's a crazy ass double feature. That is insane. <laughs> Wild double feature. We had a good time with that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've been itching to rewatch it myself. Uh, just like it, you know, it's one of those movies that you're just like, oh yeah, that's a good one. I got I got to watch that one again one day. Uh, but mm-hmm. then you know, obviously, just have other things that uh, kind of keep piling in front of it. Um, but yeah, man, rewatching this, like I love, I love, you know, these like, you know, supernatural crime, like, cause I'm not a big crime, uh, like pure crime movie person. I need it with a subgenre. So like, give me a slight sci-fi twist. Give me a slight supernatural twist. Like give me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm never a straight crime guy. So I like that this is just enough where you have this, you know, this guy that can hypnotize people. 
Um, if you guys haven't seen the film, uh, it follows uh, Takabe, who's a detective, uh, investigating a serial, uh, a, a string of murders um, done by different people, but they all have the same marking to them. So he's yeah. trying to find the connection that leads him to this cat and mouse game uh, with uh, Mamiya, uh, a person with no memory, uh, but a, uh, a hypnotic way with words with people. And uh, rewatching this, man, Mamiya is such a fun character. Like, cause like he literally doesn't answer a single person's question the entire movie. He always is just talking his own thing. He's asking you yeah. questions back. He literally, I don't think answers a single question for anybody. He just yeah. like has this like lackadaisical way of speaking and. It's, it's just it's, like it's very childlike, isn't it? This like why you know who said that? Why and you know just kind of asking why and just you know asking a question with a question at every point in this movie. Yeah, and just uh, and I, I really like like this guy's so chill. This is the most chill serial killer that there has ever been. He commits his murders simply by vibing out with people. Um, and each scene, like I like how it's like unique. Um, you know, because he has his like certain specific way that he does it, but then there's times where he can't use that way, so he has to figure yeah. out another way. So there'll be like times where he's like kind of looking around the room, finding like, okay, what can I use to hypnotize somebody this time? And then he like you know finds the the thing to like get it done. And and I like the cat and mouse games where you know the the you know quote unquote like you said good person starts becoming like the person that they're chasing. Um, I think this would uh, pair super well with uh, I Saw the Devil as a double feature. Oh, yeah. Of kind of like a, a descending uh, to the dark side as you are you know, trying to quote unquote do the right thing. And uh, yeah, just the, the whole morality idea of evil uh, in this is uh, fantastic. And another detail that I've noticed in Japanese films, Japanese films, people always be eating like at all times there's so many times where it's like you're having a very important conversation over dinner or like you know like the cops are literally looking at pictures of dead bodies and homie's still snacking on the side like <laughs> like it's just something about I, I i find it interesting like the way that i don't know if it's maybe that japan like prioritizes um you know prioritizes food in a way but also like still holds it in regard to like you do you sh you eat food with someone and like for yeah. a purpose and like something like that so like i just notice in japanese films people are always eating throughout the entire film it's a it's a fun little detail including our uh, main villain of the film who was eating but in a different way uh i just loved how like kind of sassy he was you know he was just really in his own world didn't give a shit what anybody else was thinking or doing and yeah i loved exactly what you were talking about the methodology of it all uh you know one scene he's using a, a lighter to hypnotize people the other the next scene it's you know uh, a spilt glass and water kind of streaming on the floor um i love the way that the the director here was able to uh capture all of these uh, Ka kayoshi kurosawa is the director the way that he was able to pace this movie just really lulls you into the sense of security the, the the noise the music of the film is like super minimalist it's mostly just like kind of a a low hum you know it really just kind of sullies you along uh just such a you know a gripping experience but in a completely unique way yeah like because a lot of cat and mouse like crime dramas like this uh they kind of have a fast pace it's a race against the clock you know and like you know yeah. and everything has kind of happened super fast versus in this one it's just like everything is so laid back like and even the kills themselves are like shot very casually there's no crazy yeah. camera work being done uh you don't really get to always see like a bunch of the blood and gore but you'll see blood 
Um, but yeah. it's so it's like like even the murders themselves just feel like eh, like it's so very casual as you're kind of watching it. Well, I think a difference too, and like I guess slight spoiler here, but just the way that the narrative is kind of uh, structured here is it's not building to this crescendo of let's find out who the killer is. It's revealed pretty early on, and even our heroes know who it is. So the the interest is. You know, we have this person. We know that they're uh, culpable. We know that they're involved. But how are we going to prove this? And it's also about kind of the descent into madness that this person is on rather than this ticking clock. Oh, we got to find this guy because he keeps killing people. It really is just like uh, trying to crack this nut of this person. Yeah. And, and there's an interesting thing, too, because like obviously like in certain movies, when uh when there's a kind of series of events that's recurring it can feel repetitive and this does but in a very purposefully purposeful way because this you know deals with hypnosis uh this movie keeps a steady rhythm but what it does is it's like okay mommy on uh interacts with this person and then this happens and then the detective shows up but then he affects somebody else brings in mommy yeah. and, it, that, and that's pretty much the whole thing is this series of conversations in rooms but then the way that it changes up is it switches who is doing it in the back half. A lot uh, Takabe is responsible for a lot more of the things that are happening versus Mamiya. So it's like it's the same rhythm, but then they just flip it um, to where the film doesn't. Or I mean, it does feel repetitive, but like purposefully so because like you're kind of conditioned in you know the way that the film is unfolding. Yeah. So then once it you don't even notice that it's you know you know switched in a way because it's so it's so smooth. Yeah, and I mentioned in my uh, review on Letterboxd that the it also kind of it works in the, a similar way to meditation or uh, hypnosis. You were talking about the pacing of the film, these repetitive noises, like a metronome is like a commonly used tool, but also this movie kind of uh, edits in these not not quite subliminal messages, but these very quick flashes of images, and it really reminded me of uh, the film, uh, the Ingmar Bergman film Wild Strawberries, which is about this person kind of dreaming of their life and death and their afterlife, and it's this very like ponderous film that, in my opinion, is one of the best movies to capture what like a nightmare feels like, uh, in just this really eerie um uncanny valley kind of way and there are a lot of sequences in this movie one particular of them on the sitting in the back of a bus that is just very dreamlike you know there's this rotoscope cloud background behind them just really cool i was just like constantly impressed with this film its style its vibe its tone the performances like it, its structure it was just a great movie like i'm really glad uh, that i had a chance to watch it i can't wait to show this to people it's just such a, a unicorn of a film like this even though there are lots of other movies that i think you could kind of draw a connection to it's just the way that this movie approaches and executes all of those ideas just really unique and just super cool yeah i mean it's like uh, when you say talk about like showing it to people like i feel like this is also like a really good film that like if uh to introduce somebody that doesn't watch a lot of international films yeah. you know like people that are kind of hesitant because they will kind of uh recognize you know like that you know it still follows same story tropes that we see in crime noir films over here but then you know slightly different um but it's also like you know it's not super i mean it is dialogue heavy but it's very but it's not hard to follow you know so i feel like this would be like a really fun one to somebody that's like not always sold on like watching uh non-english films um yeah. and uh speaking of style though too 
uh, Mamiya, one of the most comfiest looking sweaters uh, that he's rocking the entire movie. I want that yeah. sweater. That's a that's a great movie sweater. Just like a big brown cable knit sweater, and he's got these this you know big long hair. His like outfit is like totally. It's what the kids are wearing nowadays. He would absolutely blend right in. So he's just ripped from start to finish. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't hypnotize somebody with a hacky sack because that's the the <laughs> vibes that he's giving me. He's he's out he's outside skating. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad that uh, you finally got to check it out and enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> If you enjoyed this clip and want to hear the full episode, head on over to patreon.com slash spectercinema where you will enter the Phantom Zone, a supernatural place housing all sorts of bonus goodies for any specters that want to help support the show financially. You will gain access to watching the watch list, full movie commentaries, as well as be able to participate in polls where you can pick a subgenre you want to hear us cover for a month or become a producer and you can even pick a film that you want us to review on the main feed. If you cannot support us financially right now, it's all good. Just share our podcast with one of your spooky friends, as well as rate and review on your podcatcher of choice. But until next time, we'll be haunting you.